0: What's up and welcome into the lead block. Happy October, everyone! You have made it to the greatest sports month of the year. I am your host Tyler Walters, and I welcome in my co-host
1: Matthew Anderson at Matt the Chosen One. If you want to follow me on
0: Twitter, at MattTheChosenOne One on Twitter and Instagram, right?
1: Yep, all over the place.
0: That's the numeral one at Tyler w, at Tyler Walters CNR on Twitter. Go find me there. Go find me and Matthew, and go follow the show at the Lead Underscore Block on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We post all of our show links and some social clips from the week. Little small clips so you can share with your friends and they can experience a little bit of the lead block. Get them to download, subscribe. Right now, if you haven't already, go to Apple. If you're listening on Apple, go rate and review. Give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Maybe we'll read it on the air. Um, Be a couple minutes of fame. Yeah, give us a couple minutes of fame. That's what we're looking for. All right, so like I said, it's the greatest sports month of the year. I love October. Here's why. College football season is heating up. The SEC really starts. It hasn't really started this week. We got one good game. Um, <laughs> and we have playoff baseball. It's already. We've already had one wild game this week in playoff baseball. Um, and then we go... Hockey starts, which I don't watch a lot of hockey. I like the postseason. I think postseason hockey, Stanley Cup playoffs are awesome. And the NBA starts. so And then college basketball is getting going towards November. So we're getting there too. Frank Martin just had his introductory press conference, his preseason press conference this week. Um, so we're getting baseball winding down. Football is kicking it up 18 notches. And you got basketball coming as well, and hockey, it is everything is a go. This is like the only month of the year where all sports just combine, and it is awesome. Uh, I love October, and here we go. Let's get into it, Matthew. So first, we'll start with this. We got bye weeks for both South Carolina and Clemson. Um, South Carolina, this bye week, could not come at a better time, and I would argue that Clemson's is Fairly timely as well. Uh, let's start with South Carolina first. We talked about it a lot last week, or Sunday, or Monday's episode. Uh, coming into this week, coming off of the win against Kentucky, you want a little bye week. Give the guys a little rest. They got a couple guys banged up, uh, namely um, Rico Dowdle and Carryon Joyner. Um, you want to give those guys some time. And it's a nice little reset for South Carolina football right now. Things have been hectic to start the year. And you get a great win at home against Kentucky, and it's time to just reload a little bit, regather yourself before you head over to Athens and try to come up with a game plan against Georgia. Um, and for Clemson, they're coming off a terrible win, which sounds weird to say because a win is a win. But when you look around the country at the other excuse me at the other teams that are vying for a playoff spot, it's not a good win. I mean that was almost a loss in in the eyes of college football fans of other teams who have teams like Oklahoma and Ohio state and Georgia and Alabama and Auburn right now, even because um, all of those teams are undefeated as well. And they have much better wins than Clemson. Clemson's only good win Texas A&M at home has turned out to be not such a great one. And that happens in college football, uh, which kind of stinks when you, you play a, a top ranked team at the beginning of the year, thinking they're going to be good and this is going to be a really big win for your program. And that the team you play turns out to not be so great.
1: Yeah, I see a lot of analysts and just people on TV in general uh, that are pretty knowledgeable about their sporting. Uh, there is picking up a lot of steam that Clemson really may not deserve right now spot in that top four. And for, so for them to have another week off, it just creates more time for these other teams to uh, play better opponents. Like for example, Ohio state who will be on, I think Saturday night seven thirty which is the ABC game, which is the one Kurt usually calls. So it just continues to build up steam when they're not playing, but I guess it really doesn't matter. Cause even when they are playing, they're not really playing any top opponents.
0: Yeah. And I mean, these other teams we've discussed it a little bit uh, have blown out their opponent ohio state has blown out everyone yep and and yeah they haven't they played about the same caliber opponent clemson has um but they have just blown out their opponents and they have a much better conference so they will play big games down the road yeah so ohio state has taken care of business with zero questions to be asked everything looks good in columbus And Clemson has been, you know, last week, they they haven't really looked overpowering yet this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been, I don't want to say underperforming because he's been a good quarterback, but he hasn't been what people thought he would be. And that's not necessarily on him, uh, but with his talent level and the season that he had last year, Most people would have thought Trevor Lawrence would have better numbers right now, especially considering the quality of opponents he's played. I mean, they're not playing the Auburns and Georgias, and even, we'll give Notre Dame a little credit here, the Notre Dames of the world. Uh, They're playing the North Carolinas and UNC Charlottes of the world, so... I will say kind of like this. You, so you
1: listen, to, you look at the past four games that Ohio State has played. They've won 42 to nothing, 51 to 10, 48 to 7, and 57 to uh, 57, no, 76 to 5. And so with Clemson playing the ACC schedule, you'd expect about the same, about around the same scores. Those games have been much tighter. And it's like, okay, so you're playing inferior opponents. Y'all not even dominating like we expect y'all to. It's like going like almost like a game by game, kind of like a closer score.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's jump back to South Carolina for a minute. Um, we do have some injury updates, kind of, that Muschamp uh, gave out yesterday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Gave out Wednesday. He said that Rico Dowdle looks good, and he's been working out. Yeah. And he is seems to be doing fine, but he has not practiced with the team up until Wednesday. Uh is the latest we've heard from Muschamp. and. Must champ will be out of town, I'm sure, going on some kind of, you know, bye week, try to get away from it for a little bit. Yeah, and hitting the road recruiting too. Yeah, maybe hit the recruiting road, maybe just spend some time with the family and just, you know, take a breather. Um and we have Dowdle who looks good, like I said, looks from what, he, what we've heard, looks good, but isn't practicing. And then we moved it to Carry On Joiner. Um, and we have no word on the on joiner basically from Muschamp. he said that decaryon they don't know what all carry what's De'Carion's injury quote unquote injury is yet uh but they weren't going to have him practice this week anyway just as a precaution which i mean that's a smart thing you got a you got a quarterback your number 2 quarterback now who you may have to depend on at some point in the season there's no reason in taking a chance on um on him being getting him further injured. Might as well just let him sit out. So we don't know if Takeron is a is a big deal yet. This is a game changer for South Carolina if Tekaron's out for an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, you really don't like that. Also, uh, he is a very explosive athlete. He's probably one of the more explosive guys, probably him, Shy. A couple other guys, maybe Brian Edwards. And so with those hamstrings, that that really could limit that and it could be very easy for like something to pop or to tear. So I'm sure they're gonna stay the precautionary route. I think if Muschamp doesn't speak on something, that's like okay, it might be a little bit serious here, but you never know with the human body. I'm sure you'll be able to recover and they have a great trainers to have multi million dollar facilities, so I'm sure they'll get it all squared away.
0: Yeah, and Muschamp has been pretty good. He's proven to be pretty good about keeping injuries in-house. Yeah, Maybe a little too much, maybe not underestimating injuries sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> from what we've seen, it's been a little, you know, he's, he's said there's multiple accounts of him now, just kind of guys being a little banged up, and those guys continue to play instead of sitting out or leaving practices, and that leads to kind of further injuries and problems. Um, we don't want to see that with anyone, yeah. and South Carolina fans certainly don't want to see it with the carry-on joiner, who has been not a big part of your offense this year, but kind of a wild card and a what-if yeah. they throw him in, so it gives the defense as another guy to watch all week in film and makes them have to prepare for something else, speaking, and you don't want to miss that. Speaking
1: of Muschamp with the injury, it always reminds me of, do you remember, I think it was, is it? it might, was it the Georgia, not Georgia, Alabama game, wherever Shai Smith went out and Muschamp was, like, jogging? Did you see that? No, I missed it. It was hilarious. Uh, the training staff lady brings Shy over, and he's, like, hurting or whatever, Muschamp just starts jogging in place trying to tell Shy he should do the same. And Shai looks at him and then just continues walking. But, yeah, he's a playful guy. This should be interesting to see. Like you said, it'll be great. It'll be great to see this guy get some rest, and hopefully he'll be ready to go for the big game next week.
0: Yeah, we'll see if uh, DeCarion's back. And, I mean, they they could need him. Um, hopefully for Helensky's sake, they don't, you know, for his injury's sake, <laughs> that South Carolina doesn't get to that point. Don't like to see anyone injured. Um, and South Carolina's, I mean, they are not very deep right now. You've got, you know, Holinsky, uh, who the fan base seems to have a good bit of faith in. And watching him, I mean, Holinsky's look good. I think this is the guy you want leading your team. But after that, you have to carry on, who hasn't played a lot of snaps um, and doesn't have a start. And then after that, you've got Jay Urich, who has been playing receiver all summer and in the spring. So what are you getting there?
1: That's a completely different mindset. It's like once you move to receiver and then it's like I'm having to recant a lot of my knowledge. Luckily he has still been going to Ramon Robinson, who's a premier quarterback trainer in this area. So luckily, like, you know his skills are somewhat he's probably playing playing the quarterback position longer than he's been playing receiver. So therefore he'd be like that kind of comes to second nature to him. And then after that, thought little interesting nugget. They don't really list these guys on the depth chart. But as you most of you know, Hammond's quarterback is Muschamp's son. Well the guy he replaced is the preferred walk on at U was preferred walk on at USC. So he'll probably be the 4th string. I don't even think he's on the depth chart. I don't think he even dresses out for the games. But if push come to shove, I think he was award uh not award, but um, record setting quarterback at Hammond whenever he was there. I think he won three or four state championships.
0: Yeah, I mean you have guys to throw in at quarterback, but how much you you your season is done if you're on your four string quarterback. You know, there's a reason that these guys aren't beating out uh helensky and and joiner and um i mean there's just a reason for that you don't you don't want your four. you never want to use your four string quarterback that's why he's your four string quarterback no offense to to this kid but i mean you just don't want to use him if you don't have to and you never want to be in the position uh where you have to use someone like your four string quarterback because you were in deep trouble yeah you, and, and you're not giving uh, if you're out Holinsky now and, and to carry on and you're even with Yurik how much trust does a fan base here have in Jay Yurik and I mean I just don't see that could get dicey yeah. if Helenski's out it, it's, it's dicey and he looked rough in the Mizzou game but he looked fine last week against Kentucky um, so I mean obviously we hope no one gets injured and there's been no other uh, talks of Helensky's elbow mishap injury at Missouri lately. Um, we haven't heard anything about it, but it's good to hear Dowdle is doing good um, and, and he's going to be back. South Carolina needs him. Having him and Feaster, having Feaster just by himself is good, but having that one-two punch of Dowdle and Feaster is is pretty unreal, honestly. South Carolina just to have, and they've used multiple backs over the last three, four, or five years with AJ Turner and Mon Denson and Dowdle when he hasn't been injured. But you want your best guys on the field, and Dowdle is, seems to be their best guy right now. So you got to get him healed up. So it, I mean, perfect timing for the if you're going to have an injury, you want it to be going into a bye week. Um, something interesting that our producer, Brendan, showed me earlier this week. Uh, so CBS, it is way too early for this, by the way. <laughs> CBS put out a mock draft the other day. In the top in the first round, got another gamecock defensive. We're we're I don't think we've had a defensive lineman taken in the draft in a in a little while. Um, no, no one of note. Javon Kinlaw is been projected by CBS Sports to go thirty first to the Chiefs. Now, obviously, this is a mock draft, so for the Chiefs to even be the thirty first pick, they would have to go to the Super Bowl, right? Um, or there would be some trades in there. But saying that Kinlaw is a first round draft pick I mean that's that sets a bar for Kenlaw to go out and keep performing he's been performing well this season um but I mean that's that's a huge I wonder kind of how he feels you know I'm sure he saw this uh somewhere on the internet I'm sure his buddies are calling him up from home and be like yo like you're projected to go in the first round like what do you think about this and, and as much as he tries to keep out of his head I gotta imagine it creeps in a little but I mean that's only got to motivate him more right
1: Yeah, most definitely. Six foot six, 310 pounds, senior defensive tackle, he is tied for the SEC lead in sacks with four as an as a interior defense lineman, which is insane. And also, he's is one thing that's really separated him, I would say, this year in years past is, like, in years past, he's obviously been a big guy in the middle. But in big games, it'd be like, oh, where's Ken doing? But this this year against Alabama and even against last week, he really performed really well. And the one thing as a de- interior defense tackle, you don't always – it's great that he um, is tied for the SEC lead in sacks, but you don't always have to get the sack. If you could just disrupt the quarterback, especially through the middle, because that is the – his way to the quarterback you're doing your job so yeah if he keeps up the good work man hopefully he can avoid the injury train but if he keeps up the good work hopefully he will be able to get get that first round pick and the first round money that comes with it
0: yeah i saw somewhere on on uh some stat site this week that ken law is in the top 10 in the country in quarterback pressures which is huge and i mean he's he's absolutely been a force on south carolina defensive line this year um and it would be wrong to say otherwise but He's, like you said, he's been there in the big games. We've heard his name a lot this year. Uh, we haven't heard, like, the Brunsons as much. Yeah. But we've heard Kenlaw and we've heard Wanham, and we've heard Sterling the last couple of weeks. So, those guys, I mean, that defensive line is probably the best it's been in, in quite some time. I mean, I can't think of a better South Carolina defensive line maybe since Clowney, which is yeah. kind of weird to say. I mean, they had just a, an absurd amount of talent. On that line with Cliff Matthews and and uh, Devin Taylor and, and those guys, but in that those three or four or five years right there, those are huge defensive lines. Uh, obviously, that was the heyday of South Carolina football, but now it's kind of coming back. We've they've got some guys that are that are getting their name that have big names now, and they're getting quarterback hurries, quarterback pressures, and sacks, and they're getting two quarterbacks. And Wadham did that multiple times last week against Kentucky, and that is a huge part of playing the game of football. So if South Carolina can stay healthy and keep having big performances from these big defensive linemen, that's only going to help them.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, they hired a new defensive line coach last year. I cannot think of the guy's name they had, but they hired John Scott Jr., who came from Arkansas. I'm pretty sure he was only at Arkansas one year with, he was a good friend of Chad Morris. But yeah, John Scott Jr. has came in and really helped probably unlock some of that potential, probably shown some different hand placement ideas and things of that nature in order to get the most out
0: of his group. Yeah, we have seen a more tenacious South Carolina defensive line this year. I mean, they've it's, it's felt like they are getting pressure a lot. And even though they have three losses now, yeah. I mean, you're you're looking at a defensive line who played well against Alabama. And they played okay in some of their other games. They played good in the Missouri game. And even though that, I you can't blame that loss on the defense. The defense played pretty good that game. Um, we'll move on. And, and that's just something to watch. I just thought it was interesting that Ken Law's it has been rated in in the as a first round NFL defensive lineman, um, so that's pretty pretty good for him, I guess. Uh, we'll move on to Clemson, back to Clemson. So we'll, we'll let's do some Dabo talk because I got a bone to pick with Dabo this week. So California just passed this new bill. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like it's been talked about everywhere this week and just beaten into the ground, and I'm honestly kind of tired of hearing about it. Excuse me, California uh, has passed a law allowing players to make money. NCAA players to make money off their own name or likeness. They are not paying players. No schools will be paying players, but they are allowing players to maybe sign like what will end up being like endorsement deals. And local pizza shops can throw this guy's face on the door if they pay this guy like. Say Helensky can be sponsored by Beezer subs and you got, you know, the Helenski sub at, at Beezer's and he's making <laughs> some money off of that. Um that kind of thing. A the bill doesn't go in effect until twenty twenty three. So that's why I'm kinda of getting tired of hearing about it. We don't we don't know what'll happen between now and twenty twenty three. Um that's that's a that's a ways to go. And Dabo the reason I'm talking about Dabo Dabo's remark on being asked about this bill was just so stupid just plain stupid I don't I don't get why he even said anything and Davos kind of last year being asked about the the players getting paid he had a comment that like he just doesn't believe in that and I don't look man you're gonna he's recruited very well so far at Clemson but this isn't the thing I want to tell 18 19 year old kids or better yet, 15-, 16-, 17-year-old kids who were looking to find a school to go to uh, that, no, I don't think you should make any money, yet I just signed a 10-year, $90 million deal. So I don't think you should make any money, but I'm going to make a lot of money. And and his comments were, let's let's say this, his comments were, quote, I ain't got no thoughts. Let's stop there. That is, clean it up, man. You got to speak a little better. And, And I get it. Dabo, you're not a... An education major or some public speaker, but you do, you represent Clemson, the school of Clemson, I would say, more than anyone else at that university, way more than the president. You were immensely more popular and and way more than any other athletics coach or even the AD. Um, And he is the face of the university, I would argue. You to go out and say, I ain't got no thoughts. Come on, dude. Because that was the headline everywhere this week. I ain't got no thoughts. I read that like 10 times everywhere I, and I, I every time I read it, I had to stop and say, "Are you serious?" You got to come a little more prepared. And and Clemson media people, PR, uh sports information directors, clean it up for the guy. <laughs> Look, I he's extremely football smart. I'm not taking anything away from him on the field. But you can't sound like a dummy. You got to you got to be a little more well spoken than that. Uh Anyway, he goes on to say that it it doesn't affect me at all. Speaking about it, it doesn't fe- affect me at all. Having trouble getting some words out today. For a coach to say this bill does not affect you at all, are you blind? Are you living under a rock in the dark? Like is he sleeping under Howard Rock every night? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. You have NCAA players. That are, what this bill in California is going to do, and, and I'm pretty sure there are already laws in legislature in the early beginnings of uh, that will be similar to this California bill in the states I saw were South Carolina, Alabama, and maybe one or two others. This bill, this is coming, so eventually it will get here, and, and it's getting here a lot faster than I thought it would, honestly. Players are going to be able to make money off of their own name and likeness eventually at some point in the near future, in the next five years. So, while I did say, yeah, it's 2023 and we got some time, it's still coming. So, you better get ready for it. Saying it doesn't affect me at all is very blind because it does affect you, Dabo. A, it affects your recruiting tremendously.
1: Yeah, most definitely. As a matter of fact... I wonder what type of um, atmosphere, I guess you would this will this bill be best for the players? Like, do you would you rather be in like a small town, like uh, maybe like a small college town like Clemson or College Station versus being in a place more like L.A.? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Which which businesses will target athletes more? That's definitely going to affect you. Really, you're going to need like, so a, like yeah. a marketing team to work with these guys.
0: Yeah, and, and saying it doesn't affect me at all is just outrageous. I don't. Dabo finds a way to stick a foot in his mouth, like all the time in in media. He should, he's got to quit talking to the media. He needs a better coach, a media coach. Um, He's not like, yeah, I get it. He's playful and stuff, but he says a lot of dumb things. And and I'm not trying to take anything away from him as a recruiter or as a football mind. I mean, obviously he's doing pretty well. And I think the numbers speak for themselves. Um, He's doing a lot better than pretty much everyone except Nick Saban right now, uh, or just as good as Nick Saban. And, but to go out and say like, it doesn't affect me at all. What do you think a 16 year old kid who's thinking about committing to your university, who would be eligible to make money off of their name and likeness, probably in their junior year. So if you got a sophomore in high school, you know, four years down the road, that kid's making money his junior year. Uh, if this bill were to take place in South Carolina at the same time, and you're going to say, Oh, this doesn't affect me. I don't really care. What is that, what does that say to that 16 year old kid about your program or about you as a person? Like, you just don't care if your players go there and they're scrapping for, you know, food or rent or whatever. Um, and, and, yeah, players do get stipends for rent and among other things. But not like the amount of money they would be able to make with endorsement deals. Now you're giving kids a chance to make a, actually make a little bit of money. Um, and for you to say, oh, like we don't really care about that here. Or I don't care about it. It doesn't affect me. Um, I, I'm just not sure that sends the right message to people trying to recruit to your program. And it would have been a lot smarter for him to keep those comments to yourself or not say anything at all. I mean, just don't say anything. And, and Champ said a couple weeks ago, when this bill was first, this bill was brought up, I heard it brought up in a press conference three weeks ago maybe, um, right before the Mizzou game, I think. And he said, I don't know anything about it yet. And that was just kind of all he said. He's, they, a reporter asked him, do you know anything about this? And he said, no. End of discussion. Um, and I, he had some comments on it this week as, as well. He didn't say much. He said like a one-liner. He's like, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't really have any comment on it as well. So he may feel the same way that Dabo does. But he's not saying it. And, I mean, we look around the country and you have all these other coaches who are being forced to comment on this this week because they're going to get asked – by reporters, and some think it's good and some think it's not, and they're being asked about how to affect their programs. And the truth of the matter is no one really knows yet. Um, but I don't really like I said, I don't really want I don't really care to talk about the bill itself, but just his comments kind of baffled me this week. And another person whose comments baffled me on the bill <laughs> is LeBron James.
1: What did he say?
0: LeBron, I don't care what you think about college athletes getting paid because you didn't go to college so you don't know what it's like to be those kids in college yeah lebron wasn't a rich kid or anything Uh, i mean i think everyone knows the story he grew up in in the streets of akron as a pretty and pretty humble beginnings uh like but let's not pretend like no other athlete in the world has ever done that i mean that's a large majority of athletes kids i mean not every kid is is rich who plays in uh pro sports but LeBron says this week, said he said the bill was per, quote personal for him. This is just typical LeBron, and so, and I don't. You're about to find out if you don't already know Matthew. I'm not a big LeBron guy. <laughs> I could too. <laughs> yeah, um, but for him to say this is quote unquote personal for him, no, it's not, dude. It is absolutely not personal for you. And his comments were, oh, if I don't went to Ohio State that. Uh, 23 jersey would have been sold everywhere. Well dude, you didn't go to Iowa State. You didn't you didn't do that. So for him to speak on this, I think is just out of place. And I hear LeBron every single time something happens in politics or in with legal issues or in media, he's got to speak up and just put his voice shut up, dude. I don't care. And I'm not going to Laura Ingram and say shut up and dribble, but I don't this does not concern him at all. Like, you did not go to college. Go ask someone else who did. Go out, I mean, go ask any of his teammates who went to, to college. Go ask Zion. I mean, here's a kid who just got out of college, and he could have made a lot of money. I mean, Zion has been probably the biggest phenomenon in college basketball in forever. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe of all time. Just with how big everything was around him. You think that kid couldn't have signed endorsement deals? I mean, who's to say he didn't, you know? Uh but do you think that kid couldn't have made a lot of money outside of like places in Raleigh putting his face on their billboards and things, yeah, I would say like
1: LeBron what happens is like LeBron is kind of takes the whole thing is he's like the man of the people, so whenever something goes down is like they said LeBron and also because uh it was distributed I guess the how they got out to the world, but obviously how the media reports is that uninterrupted things you know that's his uh, him and Maverick Carter that's their little. Video, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and so like they, they kind of broadcast the info. Out. Show, yeah, but LeBron, you know, LeBron likes to take the credit for his th- for all the ventures.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's just LeBron stepping over his lines again. Typical LeBron, just unconnected, just is, being why, an idiot. Why, I, why don't you like LeBron about that? Because LeBron just because of this, LeBron puts him injects himself into every single argument that there is in anywhere in the world. He Anywhere in the world. He has to find his way to put his foot in the door and be the center of attention. And that is what he is. He just likes the attention and he likes to get all of it. And everything has to be about LeBron. It's all about me. It's all about this. It's all about. Look at his teams. I mean. What about the platform that he is on and who he is as a person? I think that alone, like, at least gives him, like, some kind of. He has to have some opinion on this. All right. So I don't know if you guys can hear, but Brendan, producer Brendan, just asked about. Like LeBron's platform, and like the the that gives him some ability to to like speak on it. I just think like in this particular argument, like for him to come out and say it's per, quote unquote personal, it's not because he didn't go to college. So I'd rather hear this from someone who went to college. And I'm not blaming the reporter for asking him the question. And I mean, that's just like I don't like. Not that I think LeBron's a bad basketball player, but yeah, like I mean, obviously really good, but uh. Like, that's just kind of, like, my thing with LeBron. And I, I just kind of, like, I don't know. I've always been drawn to the guys who are more, like, humble and kind of, like, just show the work necessarily instead of just kind of, like, making it all about themselves. And I feel like LeBron just does that. And that's just... Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, the whole Taco Tuesday thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that. Taco Tuesday, are you kidding me, LeBron? You tried to trademark Taco Tuesday. This is just kind of the, the that blockhead that I think LeBron has. That he thinks everything is just created and started by him? Like, Taco Tuesday? You think you started Taco Tuesday in the year 2019? You started Taco Tuesday. Get out of here. Come on, man. I, I don't know. I just... Uh, he frustrates me. He frustrates me. All right, we'll get off LeBron. Let's get back to football.
1: <laughs> that's the first time we've mentioned LeBron. I think the whole entire time we've been doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We we didn't get to talk. We didn't talk a lot of basketball back in the spring yeah. when Matthew and I were doing uh, WSC Radio. But yeah, I, LeBron. I I always just find problems with him, and that, honestly, that's probably like me now. I just kind of got it into my head that like I just I just don't like him, and there's <laughs> nothing he could really do to make me like him. Right. And I know right. he like does a lot of stuff for the community and stuff but i just get tired of seeing him inject himself into every single argument in the in the world and it's kind of like he thinks he's the only guy who should speak on anything so but we'll move on. Number 7 Auburn at number 10 Florida this weekend in the swamp. Uh how do you feel about this, one, Matthew? Uh yes, 3:30 by the way. I'm le- I really like what you said Auburn
1: versus who is it you said uh, Auburn versus Florida. I'm really looking forward to this game. Auburn. Somebody said something. I think it was Marcus Spears this week. They said like Auburn's defense, aligned with the experience they have, kind of reminds you a lot of uh, how Clemson's was before before they lost all their four guys. But I really look forward to seeing what that Auburn defense can do this week. Hopefully, they can pull out another win and keep it going.
0: Uh, here's the thing. Here's my thing of this game. I think if Felipe Franks is starting this game, Auburn steamrolls them. Yeah. I don't think it's a competition. I don't believe in Felipe Franks at all. At all, never did. I think Florida kind of has. You know, you get that that injury, that new quarterback kind of kind of boost yeah, throughout yeah. the season. One well, can Back say in, like the
1: Bentley. Uh, yeah, kind of like down?
0: when Bentley uh, came in at South Carolina and you know provided a big boost and, and got some morale going. And we're kind of seeing it with Halinski. I mean, Halinski doesn't really have the 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 wins to prove it yet, but there's still a lot to remain for Halinski. Um, so with Kyle Trask down in Florida taking over quarterback. Somehow that makes me think that Florida is more of a threat. Yeah, You don't know what you're getting, but I, I believe in Auburn right now. Um, I, I'm still a little worried about them as far as the season goes. I don't think they're as good as LSU or Alabama yet. I think they could beat Alabama for sure, especially the way Alabama's been playing. Alabama hasn't been playing the the greatest of football either defensively. So if you go up against a good defense who can somehow hold two of under 28 points, you got a shot. Yeah. So I mean they gave up thirty to Ole Miss last week, uh, yeah. I I just I believe in Auburn right now, and I really don't believe in Florida. That's my big thing. I mean they've just played sloppy football. They played really sloppy against Miami, and I thought they weren't. I thought it was all right. One game they came out two weeks later and played sloppy again, and and week and week. Well, technically it was week two because they played a week zero game. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Florida put together a full game yet, and yeah, they played Tennessee last weekend. They steamrolled them. But Tennessee lost to Georgia State, so <laughs> I, don't know, I can't really put a lot of credit. I want to put some credibility in Tennessee's name, but I can't yet. Um, I, I I just think Auburn's going to go into the swamp. I think it'll be close. I think you're probably looking at uh, less than nine points um, yeah. between the two, but I think Auburn edges them out, and I think. Going to see like one of those like thirty, thirty twenty four something like that. I mean, I think it'll be a little more high scoring than than uh, like Florida's Miami game, for example. That was like in the low twenties, and and some of the games that Auburn has had. But Auburn is, I mean, A and M's got a pretty good defense. They were able to go into that big stage. I don't think the big stage is the problem. I don't think going to the swamp is the problem for Auburn. I mean they went to Kyle Field, one of the loudest places in the country, and they I mean, they steamrolled AM. Yeah. I don't think A&M's gonna as steam as Florida. But I like I mean, I've been preaching this year that I just can't find a way to believe in Florida yet. They haven't really showed me much. Um and Auburn has. I mean, they got arguably maybe the one of the better ones in the country, besides Wisconsin's lashing of Michigan and LSU's U's went on the road at Texas. Yeah. Oregon's huge win. So, or I mean, Oregon's look good. I mean, they are throwing up 80 points against, you know, I mean, yeah, they're lesser opponents, but they're throwing up 80 points against them. So, just like we were talking with Ohio State earlier, they're taking care of business in a big way. Um,
1: but also on this game, uh, the Gator rushing attack ranks 11th in the SEC with 141 yards. Per game, which means they're probably gonna have to depend on throwing the ball. And I think Auburn against no, 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 no actually, yeah, never mind. We'll see what happens. I was thinking that, well, but for for whatever it's worth, that means they're not very good at running the ball right here. So they're gonna they depend on their uh throwing the ball. So I expect the Auburn to pick up their pass rush and be make some things happen. Yeah, I
0: mean Florida's got a great front seven as well, defensively as well, but I think Auburn just that experience, like you just talked about and the guys they have on their line and their linebacking core are going to be the difference in this game. And we're going to see how Bo Nix does. Um, he's going to have to – he hasn't – he's he's played winning football. He hasn't yeah. played great football yet. I like Bo Nix. I really want to like Bo Nix. I like him now, but he's he's got to show me a little more. Um, and a lot of that is him being a freshman quarterback. He's still finding his place, you know – in Auburn and he's been a he's gotten him good wins and he's made a few big plays but he needs to get a complete game together and we'll see if he can do it in the swamp this weekend. Man, Florida's Auburn's got tough tough schedule to have to go to A and M and go to the Swamp this year. I mean those are two pretty big places to go play. All right. So we mentioned Ohio State a few times. Michigan State, number twenty five Michigan State is going on the road to Columbus. To play Iowa, Ohio State this weekend, uh, Michigan State's only loss on the year is to the current number twenty team of the nation, Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards Boys, Arizona State. Um, I, I don't see this being a problem for for Ohio State at all. I really don't.
1: The only thing I'm hoping just to make it a good game, sometimes Mark D'Antonio, I appreciate his name, uh, does a pretty good job. He's the head coach for Michigan State. He gets, does a pretty good job getting those guys prepared for Ohio State and uh, Michigan. At times, I guess, probably playing the underdog role, like, yo, nobody believes in us. But it's going to be real tough because they're heading into Columbus for this game. I expect Ohio State to win this game by maybe 14, but maybe in the first quarter, they'll be able to keep this thing close a little bit.
0: I really think Ohio State's just going to blow them out. I, I really do. I um I mean I think Michigan State's a decent team. I just think Ohio State is that good. I think they're probably going to win by twenty one points or more. Um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. That one, what is it? that one's the late game on, on yeah. ABC, right? Yeah, yeah. seven thirty
1: yeah, so or eight o'clock. Yeah, seven thirty ABC. Seven thirty on, sure on Kirk ABC Herb Saturday Herb night. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, that should be Herbie's game. Herbie going back to the alma mater to call that game. Love Herb Street. Yes, um, always great on the call. And other other big game in the. Other big game in the Big Ten this week. You got number 14 Iowa going on the road to play Michigan, uh, who's currently ranked 19th in the big house. Um, This one's interesting. Harbaugh better win this game for Harbaugh's sake. You can't lose to Iowa at home.
1: The media is really getting on uh, Harbaugh's back right now. And then the one thing that a lot of people are also talking about is – because he uh, Harbaugh does a lot of very cultured stuff for the Michigan football team. Yeah. He takes them out of the country, out of state, to go see different places. But people are like, uh-uh, we don't – no, let's, let's focus back on – let's keep the main thing the main thing. So, yeah, he, Harbaugh needs a win right here.
0: Yeah, he absolutely does. He can't lose – Iowa's a good football team. And if Michigan doesn't come out and play a good game, if they try to sleepwalk through this game – I was going to beat them in I the mean, big they, house. Yeah, they're undefeated right now. Uh, they have a lot of big players on their defensive line, um, but I saw somewhere they're ranked like a hundredth plus, and like actually getting to the quarterback. <laughs> maybe they get to maybe they get to Shea Patterson this week. Um, I, I feel like Michigan has just been floating quarterbacks in front of my face for a few years now, kind of like a Florida vibe. Yeah, like they can't quite find a guy who's quite good enough. Um, they thought Shea
1: Patterson was the answer when every transferred from Ole Miss, but he just is not. He uh, hasn't been it. He has not been with I think they expected. I think they kind of expected more of a Justin Fields type because uh, he used to air that thing out at Ole Miss. He was like number twenty. It was like a really odd quarterback yeah. number. He used to air it out at Ole Miss, but for some reason I forgot why. But he transferred. But I don't think he's been the answer they've been looking for. And I think Harbaugh usually. It's pretty good. Developing quarterback, So that's what a lot of teams have. Former quarterback.
0: Yep. Yeah. So and, and yeah, I mean I mean, it is kinda of surprising. Like he had Andrew Luck. Um, he got Colin Kaepernick to win a Super Bowl. I yeah. mean if you wanna remember Kaepernick's first year in the NFL or the the without Harbaugh years, Kaepernick wasn't a great quarterback. Harbaugh gets in there, coaches him up a little bit and I mean He looked great the year they went to the Super Bowl.
1: And, I mean, he went to Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you remember that yard, because he he went on that 80, 90 yard. Yeah. So, he can develop some quarterbacks. I don't don't know what has happened there in Michigan.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just not been working for him so far. But he better find a way this week if he wants to keep his job. Um, (laughs) I think he's on the hot seat. I don't think they stand a chance against Ohio State this year. And if you lose to Ohio State six years in a row, you're probably out. Um, I also don't know what that contract looks like. Um for Michigan uh, and Jim Harbaugh, but man, he's he's got to win this week. I I kind of think I was gonna go in there and win this game. Yeah,
1: if I had to bet on, I probably would
0: too. Cal at Oregon. Uh, I think it's eight o'clock uh, out in the Pac-12, Pac, whatever they are now. Pac-12. <laughs> uh, Cal's number. Cal's number fifteen in the nation. Bef- before this is all right. This is we're gonna go back to some polling problems I have. Kyle's number 15 in the nation. They go to Arizona State and they lose by a touchdown and then they drop out of the top 25. Sheesh, to that's a big drop. Arizona Arizona State is a uh, is a ranked team now, well now. But you're telling me you had Cow ranked 15th in the nation. They were good enough to be the 15th ranked team in the nation. They lose one game by 7 points and they're toast. They're done. They dropped that far. It looks like they shouldn't have been 15 in the first place. Is what you're telling me. Yeah. So let's figure it out. AP poll. Um, <laughs> Oregon's 13. Also, Oregon hasn't been creeping up at all. I mean, Oregon lost lost to Auburn in a very tight game at the beginning of the year, and they have done nothing but go out and prove that they are just far superior to every opponent they've had since then. And, and they're not really moving at all. I mean, I like right now. You put Notre Dame and Oregon on neutral neutral site. I'm I'm going with Oregon.
1: You think if Oregon's able to uh, win that, uh, win the Pac-12,
0: they might find their way back in the playoff. I just don't see it. I don't see how a Pac-12 team is going to make it right now without being completely undefeated. They're they're going to have to. I mean, it's tough, man. There's just so many good teams, and what's going to happen is Clemson's going to sleepwalk through this season, and they're going to be thirteen and zero going into the playoff. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna be fresh. They're gonna be good. They won't have really played any games all year. They'll throw up two good game plans, and they'll stand a really good chance of winning another national title. I just don't see them losing the game. But I also would say I'd rather have a one-loss Oregon team to a few points in a neutral set against Auburn if Auburn can hold on and have the season that they're currently having and yeah. maybe only lose one game to either LSU or Alabama. Um, now, if Auburn loses two or three games down the road, that, that loss gets worse and worse for Oregon, um, which is sucks for them, but that's just the way it is. And I would rather see them than a Clemson who is undefeated. And I think that's kind of been the the circular pattern in, in media this week uh, is, hey, Clemson's undefeated, but they're only ranked number one in the country, number two now. They're only in the top four just because they, were, they won it last year. And a sport that prides itself on being so different each year, we're giving a lot of credit to something someone did last year to a team that Clemson doesn't have anymore, a lot of those guys are gone, and yeah, they have a really good football team. And I've said multiple times on this podcast, I think they probably have uh, the best talent in the country, and especially with Etn and Lawrence. Right. But they haven't played. They haven't played like it, and we're giving them credit for something they haven't done. So, I would rather see a one-loss Oregon who lost to a one-loss Auburn in the playoff over Clemson who played no one all year and had one good win at home that at the time you thought was a good win that proved out to be an average win over a Texas A&M team. That's probably going to go seven and five or eight and four. Cause it's not looking good for them right now either they Struggled with Arkansas last week. They still got to play Alabama and LSU at the end of the year, LSU. Uh, and they're on the same level as me with Mississippi state right now. Yeah, I uh, you not know, put too far ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, Kellen Mond's a great quarterback And they've got some good players at A&M But, they, I mean, they're just Jimbo hasn't gotten them there yet and, and I don't think it's time for A&M fans to freak out at all I mean, that's not what I'm saying You're, You'll get, Jimbo will get you there, I believe You Jim, think
1: he'll get them to the top of the SEC West? I think
0: Jimbo will get them past where Kevin Sumlin got them Okay And I was very surprised with how Kevin Sumlin got to them To, you know, right there at the top of the SEC as fast as yeah, he did Yeah, beating Alabama I think Jimbo, a couple years down the road Maybe two maybe three, will have them competing and going on the road to Tuscaloosa and standing a really good chance to win. Um, so I don't think it's time to panic if you're an AM fan. I, I just think you don't have a great team this year. You know, not as good a team as we thought, maybe. Um, all right, so Cal and Oregon. Oregon's probably just going to steamroll them that game. Yeah. I don't see Cal standing a chance. Um, another game I want to talk about, another little something I want to talk about. SMU is ranked 24th. This is the first time that SMU has been ranked in the AP Top 25 since they got the death penalty in the 1980s.
1: That's big. That was – oh, man. That's when they had the guys like Eric Dickerson and uh, – what's the other Craig guy? Craig James. Craig James, both of the running crazy backs at doublehead, I actually went out there for a visit. I think it was like two years ago. It's crazy whenever you walk through the stadium, you see the history of the players. You know, you don't really have any current – well, not like relatively somewhat young players that. besides uh, – what's – Emmanuel Sanders, who's pretty good. Uh, he went to SMU and also – Portland Sutton, who's one of the better receivers for the Broncos, but yeah, but that at one point that was like the premier program, and it's hard to think that uh, it's hard to believe that at one point they were able to match up with schools like TCU, and also they were in the same. I think it was called the South
0: it Division, was the Southwest Conference. With, yeah, God, I wish we still had the Southwest Conference. You had but basically it was the Texas schools and Arkansas. Yeah. And what a conference Jerry Jones, Arkansas Yeah <laughs> Texas, Arkansas, TCU, SMU uh, S, or A&M um, I think Rice was in there And it was it was only like an eight-team conference But man, it was like classic Texas football
1: and I remember they used to say National
0: Signing Day. And, the, and it still is. It's just different. Back then it was more like the
1: newspapers. And nowadays you have, you know, the social media. But they used to say, like, everybody used to sit around, like, waiting on their school. And if you graduated from that school, you go to the, let's say you graduate from Houston, you go to the A&M, and you're like, look who we got this year. We're going to beat y'all. It must have been great for college football. I really would love to see them do something like that. But because of conference realignment, I don't think it ever happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've had that thought for the last several years, too, is I would love to see kind of the Southwest Conference recreated yeah. and be a hybrid of what it was and what the Big 12 is now because the Big 12 only has nine teams. And um it's just the Big 12 isn't what it was, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago. Yeah. It's kind of just falling off just because they're missing Nebraska. And Oklahoma-Nebraska was a huge rivalry. And they're missing Mizzou. Mizzou was really playing pretty well in, in the last years they were in the Big 12. Um, and I mean, they even entered the SEC East playing pretty well a- and they're missing A&M and you need to find a way to kind of, I don't, they're never getting A&M back. Uh, I, I don't foresee, I don't see a scenario where Mizzou would ever leave the SEC. They would really have to cater to Mizzou yeah, to get them to leave the SEC.
1: Cause right now, well, with the addition of Clemson, I was about to say, when the SEC was dominating every of the um... The SEC team wins the national championship, they're getting part of the money. But now, being that Clemson's won at two of the past four or whatever, then now they're, the ACC is getting a little. So, hurray uh Wake Forest because they keep getting part of the national championship money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just cool to see SMU kind of back in on the national landscape of football. Uh, if you've never seen the Pony Excess, yeah, I believe Honey is the name Express of the 30, 40, like thirty for thirty. Yeah, uh, go watch that. It's one of the first ones they made. It's one of my favorites. It's really good. Talks a lot about. I mean, it has the guys we mentioned: uh, Eric Decker and, and um, Craig James. Craig James, Eric Dickerson. On yeah. Eric Decker, uh, <laughs> Eric Dickerson and Craig James, and they talk about going to SMU in the eighties and how much people were getting paid and how everyone knew it. And it is just a crazy story. And it's so weird to just watch that and think about, man, this was just happened. Like guys, they were getting paid ridiculous amounts of money.
1: Yeah. Like if you ever hear the Eric Dickinson story about how A&M and schools like that, you gave him like, I think A&M gave him the money for a car. They gave it to his grandmother's yeah. name. He'll never admit it to this day. But when you go around that campus you really like sit there and wonder because it's not like a it's not a huge campus. It's in the, in the center of uh, downtown Dallas. Yeah, and you look around because you know I'm looking at all the history. Like I, I want to feel it all, and it's like I just don't see it. Like you, you just don't see how that one place was once in the same like thing. It's like a Texas or things that you could all. It just feels more like a no offense to HBCUs. It just feels more like a South Carolina State feel than it does yeah. like a USC. But I'm like, well, at one point in time, this place was on.
0: Dude, in the '80s, they were popping. They just yeah. didn't get that growth in it. I mean, the death penalty just. It just them. wipes you off the map. There's a few schools that I wouldn't hate seeing get the death penalty today. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's talk in Texas. Texas is is going to West Virginia. Uh, I mean, no Dana anymore. Sad. I, I love seeing Dana at West Virginia, and I know he's a Houston guy, and he's happy to be at Houston. I miss Coach Dana Holgerson at West Virginia. Yeah. Um, We'll see what Sam Ellinger can do this week. I mean, they're coming off of a bye. They got Oklahoma next week. If there's going to be a Texas upset this year, this is going to be probably a prime chance for it. And I know West Virginia got smoked at Mizzou. They've had a decent season. They've got a few decent wins in there. But Texas really needs to come out. And if they want to they want prove that they're still on this Texas is back stuff, this Oh, Texas is. You're not. Texas isn't back yet. They're not <laughs> competing for national championships yet. They will be. Um, they just aren't yet. It's it's just the whole Tigers back. Yet, yeah, again, all over again. I mean, Tigers back now because he won the Masters, but uh, Texas will be back whenever they're winning Big Twelve championships and just kind of dominating. Um, but yeah, got West Virginia and this week. So like I said, Oklahoma next week. Like you were looking at this game, and this is a trap. If you've ever seen one, if you were Texas, Tom Herman has just got to be keeping his guys poised this week. You go to Morgantown; it is loud and rowdy. They're singing country roads, and you've just kind of like lulls you into this this little weird feeling. And next thing you know, West Virginia will come out smacking the face and beat you. Exactly. So you got to be careful. I, I don't think Texas has a problem this week at all. I don't think they struggle really. Um they should probably I mean they should win this game by 20 points. This is this is a big game for them. I mean, they need to win. They need to go out and prove it. They need to get a good solid ground for the Red River Red River rivalry uh next week. We're going to call it the Red River Shootout on this show. Yeah. Um renaming I mean, it. I don't know what it's called now, but it's the Red River Shootout. It's much more fun. But they got the Red River Shootout next week. And they need a big win. They need some momentum going into that. And here's an opportunity to go on the road in the Big 12 and get a big win against West Virginia, a team who's, I mean, they might not make a bowl, but they're going to have a decent squad this year. And, and they'll be back here in a couple of years. Coaching change is always kind of weird. But West Virginia is just always a place that they'll find wins. I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to, to be somewhere in the top 20 schools here in a couple of years and, and sneak up to the top 10. Um, eventually,
1: and back when Texas was Texas, they went ahead and took care of the lesser opponents just to show off, just you know, show their dominance. So, I expect them to win this one. I give it, eh, I mean, 14 points. I don't know, Sam I really points. like, I really like Sam Ellinger, whatever. Ellinger, his name is. Yeah. Don't like him more than I like Jalen Hurts. I no, Jalen, win next Jalen
0: Hurts is, uh, just I mean, you can't even compare it. Jalen Hurts has been insane at Oklahoma yeah, this yeah. year, they're outrageous. And Oklahoma's on bye. Um, so, they're resting up for the Red River shootout. So, they have two weeks to game plan for the
1: Red Yeah, they're getting ready for
0: Texas. I I mean, Texas, you got your hands full next week. But, focus on West Virginia first. Just the, the game they should win. Um, picks of the week. Last week, was 3-0. Trying to give you free money. Take it. Um, <laughs> I'm 8-3 since we started the show. So, <laughs> segment like that. here we go. We didn't really talk a whole lot about the SEC matchups outside of Florida and Auburn. But, here's a pick for you. Tennessee... <laughs> It's twenty-four and a half point home dogs against Georgia. I have not seen Kirby Smart break out the stomp on your throat method. He played really conservative against Notre Dame. I think Georgia's probably going to win by twenty or twenty-one. Yeah, I think Tennessee can keep them under twenty-five points. Okay. Um, I just, I mean, they can score at least a field goal. I mean, it's what they scored at Florida last week. I <laughs> mean. They got to be better than the field goal. Here's your problem. You need I don't think Georgia is going to score more than 40. But that means you need Tennessee to score 14. So, or in that area. Trusting Tennessee to score 14 right now is rough. It's a bold pick. Yep. But uh there you go. Tennessee 24 and a half point. Dogs home dogs. Georgia coming into town next this weekend. I expect there to be quite a bit of Georgia fans, even almost maybe taken over Knoxville, which we've never seen. I mean, it's crazy to think about. Knoxville could be taken over just the history of that program up there. Um, then we have LSU at home against Utah State. Utah State's got a good team this year. LSU's 27.5-point favorites, which is just laughable. That game's at noon on the SEC network. The LSU offense has been rolling, yeah, and their defense has been – so so, it's been good. It's been so so. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards to Texas and a lot of points to Texas, but it was Texas on the road. Um, we will. See, I don't foresee them giving up too many points against Utah State. They gave up a lot of points to Fandy, thirty-eight two weeks ago. Yeah, they gotta calm that. They gotta calm that down. And I think Coach O's got them fixed through the bye week. Utah State this weekend. Give me, give me LSU by four touchdowns or more. Uh Cincinnati have you seen Cincinnati's field
1: yep just saw it amazing okay, okay. Have
0: they already done that? Or are they trying to do yeah that? I think they've already done it so Cincinnati I guess they put out to like their fans or students how do you want us to design the field this week so and they just combined a bunch of designs there is they have a black field kind of like the blue of Boise State I can't take the blue it just it hurts my eyes and like it messes with my head I don't like the blue uh the black looks cool. Yeah. And then they have, like, the Bearcat eyes on the field. And one end zone. The only thing that bothers me is they have one end zone that's white and one end zone that's red. I, make both end zones red and make them say Cincinnati yeah. on both sides. And, and I think you got a winner. I mean, they've got a super historic uh, field there. And I think it was used in the Civil War for something. But they're in Cincinnati, yeah, and it's one of the oldest in college football. So seeing him kind of do this is a little out of the norm but i like it so cincinnati money line against ucf this is why i really like it because i hate ucf why do you hate ucf I, just the whole conference national championship rubbed me the wrong way i don't i don't want to see a group of five school in any important games it, yeah you beat auburn but auburn didn't want to play in that game they should have been in the college football playoffs that year um they, I mean, they were upset. That wasn't a game they wanted to play in. They're, they're not happy about playing UCF. That's not a big win for them. <laughs> um, yeah, UCF. I mean, they lost to Pitt. I don't know why they're eighteen. If anyone, if you lose to Pitt, you should never be. You should be banned from football for the rest of the year. If you consider yourself a decent program and lose to Pitt, just give it up. Uh, so they play a sensei. I think UCF is two and a half point favorites, but take Cincinnati money line on the black field. Oh, you take Cincinnati. Yep, take Cincinnati. I like it. Cincinnati's pretty good team. They've got Luke Fickle. Fickle. I think that's his old name. Ohio State. Yeah, the guy from Ohio State. Yeah. Um, and then next pick, Texas, minus ten and a half against West Virginia. We just talked about this game. Um, I like Texas. Give me give me Texas with eleven points. Uh I think they probably make that a fourteen, fifteen point game. They really need to make it twenty though, like I was saying. Oklahoma's not on a bye this week. I don't know what I was talking about. They're at Kansas. Um and Les
1: Miles, the old de- oh wow, defensive head coach, the coach Mad Hatter, played. the offensive of that head coach at uh, Oklahoma is all about offense.
0: Yeah, Lincoln Riley, he is all about offense. Over a seven, sixty-seven and a half, give me sixty-eight points. I like the over here. Um, you got you need Kansas to put up. I mean, Oklahoma is probably going to put up sixty-three by themselves. The good news is their defense is terrible, and Kansas has proven they can score a little this year. So you can probably get 14 points out of Kansas, maybe more. Maybe we get a lot more. Maybe make it a little interesting. Oklahoma, don't sleepwalk through this game. You got Texas next week. Um, I don't don't see Oklahoma. I I see here's the difference between Oklahoma and Texas right now. Oklahoma, to me, Oklahoma is an absolute unit, and they are slowing down for no one. And they are just going to power through. Texas is, uh, we got to stop and think about it, you know, and and make sure our mind's right and make sure we can win the big games during the year because Oklahoma's proven over the last several years that they can just steamroll straight through everybody and just get to the playoff. Um, I mean, Texas is a force now. So it it wasn't, it's not three years ago when, even though they lost to Charlie Strong, Um, this isn't Charlie Strong, Texas. This isn't the weird years at the end of Mac Brown's career at Texas. Um, Texas is good. They aren't back I'm not declaring them back but they're good so but I believe Oklahoma will just steamroll Kansas I don't see any problems there. they'll, they'll probably th- they'll, they'll throw up 68 by themselves so there you go that's Tennessee 25 24 and a half point underdogs LSU 27 and a half point favorites huge lines this week uh, Cincinnati money line home at uh, home against UCF Texas on the road to cover 10 and a half at West Virginia, and Oklahoma and Kansas to go over 67.5. Um, Tyreek Hill is coming back this week.
1: Yeah, Tyreek Hill should be back this week, if not this week, next week. I was watching a clip of Tyreek in practice. It is absolutely amazing how low he gets to the ground whenever he's going through his routes and stuff like that. So I cannot wait to see him back on this um Chiefs teams, I will say, though, they're, they've been really moving really well, even without him. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Patrick Mahomes. obviously he'll get him his touches. But it's going to be how he does that because these other guys are kind of happy how things have been going. You got Kels, you got Watkins, you got Hardman, Demarcus Robertson. Like, these are a whole bunch of guys, obviously, of Patrick Mahomes, But I'm sure they'll get him his touches because he's one of the more explosive players in the league. So I'm really, really looking forward to see how they can fit him back into things because, you know, guys who are especially making this big money they don't or who are trying to get that big contract, they don't really want their, their, like, uh, their touch touching stuff to go down due to another guy getting back. But, you know, you have to fit that in. And uh, Patrick Mahomes luckily can get the ball to all of them.
0: Yeah, and then another thing we had on the docket here, Saquon could be coming back. They've said as early as this week. I don't think he's coming back this week. But week six... Yeah. Against the Pats I think That is crazy He had a high ankle sprint Yeah that's insane Two uh, week
1: recovery Like it really makes you wonder Like okay And I get that Obviously the sports medicine People are clearing him but it's like, is this safe? Like, because what happens here is kind of like the whole Kevin Durant thing. Yeah, you play him, then he gets hurt even worse. He's supposed to be like your franchise back, and it's like, what have y'all done? Not to mention, you know, the shelf life of a running back isn't that long anyway. No. So you kind of speed it up here. But if they say that he recovers, I remember James Franklin. I think his was coach at Penn State. Yep. Said that he's like he does everything. His body does everything like quicker than most of that normal human. I mean, he's like a freak incredible. athlete. Yeah, so, you seen his legs?
0: Yeah, his legs are incredible. I mean. And we've all seen, like, I, Saquon, like, he's just... He's not built the same way yeah. other humans are built. He's a robot. Yeah. He's incredible. So, it, it doesn't... I mean, it shocks me that he's going to be ready this quick. But if anyone can do it, you know, it's Saquon. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's many other backs even in the league that can do this. I don't... I can't... I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. The only one... The only other person who's been close to his dominance, Saquon has, is Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley's hurt all the time. Yeah. So there you go uh, Matt you're headed out to high school game this week tell us about it
1: heading out to see Sumter High School play Sumter High School will be facing uh, Lugolf Elgin Sumter has really been like steamrolling all of their opponents thus far this season Nobody has even really played them close um, pulling it up right here so I can tell you the uh, alright so each game they put up real like somewhere around like 42-56 48 points actually hold on give me one second but yeah, I'm just heading out here to Sumter High School to see this offense. They put up sixty-three points, sixty one points, 40, 70. Good god almighty. But yeah, and they play low Lugoff Elgin. Lugoff Elgin has been horrible yet another year. <laughs> I was head I was I was in Kershaw County last week and you know Kershaw County is Lugolf and Camden and they always go at it so they gladly told me how bad off has been. So I'm gonna go see what they got going out there in Sumter.
0: All right, we'll look forward to hearing about that on Monday's show. Um Let's see what else we got. Dot the baseball. I just pull up. We're we're recording Thursday night. The Braves Cardinals game is going on right now, and as we speak. Yep, I've got Braves got the bases loaded in the bottom of six. It's one one Braves, or one one Braves Cardinals. Um, I'm really hoping that the Cardinals can sweep this series because I'm tired of seeing all the Atlanta sports fans on Twitter talk about how good the Braves are. I really like their players don't really like their fans yeah. or their franchise, for that matter. I uh, still have not forgiven them for getting rid of Andrew Jones, and I probably never will. Um, so so there you go. Uh, did, did them, did. I mean, I I think the Card- I honestly think the Cardinals will probably go on and win the series. I, the Braves are good and young, but I think they're young. And the Cardinals just have the guys to do it, and they have Flaherty, who I believe is on the mound right now. Uh, no, he's pitching tomorrow. Um, they have Jack Flaherty, who is their pitcher uh the cardinals pitcher who's been like they've had the who's had the best season like i think the second most strikeouts in uh Saint louis Cardinals history behind Wainwright or somebody um and, and it's uh like baseball's good when the Cardinals are good, so uh we'll see how that goes and then the other game tonight got the Nats and Dodgers I, Dodgers are gonna steamroll and st- just walk through that series nationals. They can't... D.C. sports teams can't do it. <laughs> I mean, the Caps did it two years ago. two Yeah, two years ago now. Uh, a year and a half ago. But the Dodgers are just too good. I think the Dodgers are going to have a pretty easy time getting back to the World Series. Uh, and the do- like, it's going to be interesting to see if the Dodgers are going to win one. Because the only team that I can see the Dodgers facing up against right now in the World Series, the only teams I can see them beating is the Rays and the Twins. And the Rays and the Twins are both going to lose. They're like this round because the Rays are going. They they won their Wild Card game last night, pretty boring, against the A's in Oakland. Um, and they play the Astros tomorrow. And the Astros pitching is just too good, and their lineup is too good. And the Twins are going to New York to take on the Yankees tomorrow as well. And the the Yankees are the Yankees bats are just I think a little too good for the Twins. I think the other thing I mean I think the Twins are a good matchup for the Yankees. Um I think the Yankees will probably win the series 3-1. Uh the Astros I I don't see them losing a game um until maybe the World Series because they're going to steamroll the Rays. And I don't think the Yankees are going to be able to keep up their pitching either. Uh And the the only other thing I want to talk about this week. So we'll watch baseball. Matt, Matthew's not a big baseball guy. Yeah. We're going to get him we're going to get him looped in here over the next couple weeks as we move towards the World Series. Um I went out to Sacramento soccer, soccer the other night, the men's soccer team.
1: Yeah, I saw you live tweet that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was tweeting it out. Um, I and I took a bunch of pictures for the J school. Um, I took out a camera. Shout out J school. I mean, I took. I've never shot a game. I've never. I've never done pictures for a game. I've actually have almost no experience with a camera. I'm just <laughs> trying to figure it out now. Um, but yeah, I took like over 1,100 pictures. They let me... I was shocked they let me stand on the sidelines of the game, the whole game. So they were pretty much like, yeah, just don't don't go into where you're like in the field. But you can stand like right up next to it. And I was like, alright. So the whole night I felt like I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. That was awesome. Um, got a bunch of really good pictures. So I'll, pro- I'll throw a couple of those. Once I get... I'm working on a little something right now for, for pictures uh, on a project, but once I kind of get those taken care of, I'll throw a couple up on on the on Twitter uh, They play Old Dominion tomorrow. Virginia, yeah. They won. They beat Presbyterian College four two the other night. Yeah. Pretty good game. Cox were up two nothing in the first half, and then uh, quickly, I mean Presbyterian scored two goals in a matter of two minutes, uh, kind of st- stunned the Cox there for a second um, in this early in the second half, and then Carolina went on to school to score two more goals from a freshman and a transfer. So that was, I think that was both their first time scoring this year. Maybe not behannon Bahanan is the freshman. He's from Kentucky. Um, and, and I think that was, uh, Mitchell Smith. I believe that I'm saying that right. Um, his, his first time scoring this season. He, great kid. Met him after the game. Nice kid. Nice as he could be. He's from Ontario. Uh, but, yeah, just, just a great guy. And, and their coach, um, Mark Brenson. Benson? Benson might be saying that a little wrong. Uh, awesome guy. Had the pleasure of meeting him after the game. Great guy. Knows a lot about the state of South Carolina. And he knew where I was from, which is very surprising. Um, <laughs> no one knows where I'm from. But, yeah, he's been coaching here for 30-something years or, or you know, just a ridiculously long time. He is from Jersey, actually okay and, um I'm not quite sure how he what kind of got him to move down to South Carolina, but they have a lot of south carolina grads on the on the squad there on the coaching staff but yeah, it was a great experience so in south carolina fans pretty obviously there there's a so the students go to the soccer games to earn points f- to get football tickets right so obviously those those attendance numbers are a little skewed <laughs> they're yeah they've ranked top five in attendance for in like the fast five years but that those numbers are a little skewed yeah um and stone stadium is a pretty decent size so it's hard to fill that thing up for for men's collegiate soccer It's is not that big but um yeah i mean i had a great time i couldn't say enough about my experience um pc played a really good game uh as well and they made it super interesting there in the second half and uh like i said they'll, they're playing old dominion if yeah, if you ever get a chance to go out, if you ever get a chance to go to Stone Stadium, they play during the week a good bit, um, and they usually play on the weekends. I know most people; I definitely am focused on football more so on the weekends. But yeah, they they've got a good squad. They've got a young squad, um, and they're trying to get back to to winning in the conference US, Conference USA. The conference there and soccer is is the only sport that's not in the SEC. I believe the only sport there. It's just kind of weird how they do men's soccer because not a lot of SEC schools SEC schools have men's soccer. Um, Kentucky is also in Conference USA. And I mean, they have a really stacked conference. So they've lost their five and four now, but the four game, the four teams that they've lost to are all very good. And from what I was told, those teams have only lost like three or four games combined all year. So.
1: Wow, I I didn't even know about the whole USA team.
0: Talking uh, a little conference USA. Yeah. Yeah,
1: conference USA and soccer. Is that for women's yeah. and men's the women's
0: soccer? are in the SEC. The uh the SEC does have women's soccer across the board. Um I'm pretty sure every school has in the SEC has women's soccer. Okay. The women are actually ranked in the top ten right now. So I know we had uh, a fiery time. Yeah, trade. I've had had a great time out there watching a little footy, talking some soccer. That's gonna be that's gonna pretty much wrap it up for today. Sun not this Sunday. Not the or not this Monday. The following Monday, October 14th, we are going to have uh, our first guest on, unless something comes up before then we just get a random guest, um, from a buddy of mine who follows motorsport religiously. He is a huge fan of uh, Formula One and IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, NASCAR playoffs are going on right now. They race, I can't remember what they race this weekend, but they race Dega in a week and a half um so we are gonna have alex in here for talking a little dig, talking a little nascar in a week and a half get excited for that i'm excited for it because i know a little bit about nascar not a lot uh i don't really keep up with it um it is it is kind of fun that races are tough to watch man they're boring yeah you do last usually. a couple of hours i mean oh, they're like no. yeah they they last a <laughs> while <laughs> and they're they're kind of boring, but some exciting things happen in them. They're kind of fun just to toss on, like, your laptop or something while you're watching another game and just kind of look at it every now and then. But NASCAR culture is awesome, and I love talking to people who love NASCAR uh, and, and racing in general, but they know because they're so passionate about it. Similar to college football fans. Yeah. They're very passionate about it, and, and I love that. Um, but anyway, we'll have Alex on. That'll be fun for us, so I'll learn a little NASCAR together. Yep. That'll be good. Um, that's going to be it for us. We'd like to say a special thank you to Ben Sound for our intro and outro music. We'd also like to say go rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to help us out. Um, like I said, leave a review for the show, for Matthew and I. Yep. Go follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the lead underscore Block. Go follow Matthew on Twitter and Instagram at Matt the One numeral one. Go follow me on Twitter at Tyler Walters CNR Carolina News. Actually, just put out a story on the Carolina News website today. Um, go check if that you out. Like, if you like whiskey, go to the Carolina News Carolina News and Reporter dot dot I know the. The ending, the dot .edu, and all is weird. Yeah, yeah. When they changed it from a dot .com this year, just because it helped them out. Uh, but yeah, go on my Twitter. I, I tweeted, I tweeted a link to an article. So if you want to read something fun, I had a good time doing that uh, about whiskey. I'm actually doing another piece on it tomorrow night. That'll be fun. Um, Run it up. Yeah, absolutely. This has been We Like to remind you This has been a production of Garnet Media Group, and we would like to say a special thank you to Mark Garnet Media Group for allowing us to host the podcast on the network. And we will see you Monday. Peace.